From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm David Schultz. So today we have another episode for you on the big international tax deal that could totally change how, where, and how much multinationals pay in taxes. So just as a refresher, more than 100 countries last month agreed on a two-pillar framework to make these changes. Pillar one would reallocate which countries get tax revenue from multinational companies, and pillar two would set a minimum corporate tax rate of 15% for every country that signs on to the deal. Unlike last week, and unlike with our previous episodes on this topic, today we're going to be focusing on how this will affect developing nations. And to find out, we're going to hear from Mary Bain. She's a director at the African Tax Administration Forum. Her group, also known as ATAF, is an intergovernmental organization that coordinates tax policy among 37 of the continent's countries. Bain spoke with Bloomberg Tax's Hamza Ali from ATAF's headquarters in Pretoria, South Africa, and she talked about how this new global tax deal may force some African countries to make the painful decision to scrap regional tax treaties with their neighbors because the treaties don't conform to the tenets of this new deal. But first, Bain talked about how the future of the tax deal is now not up to the bureaucrats, but up to the politicians. Because right now, most of the technical work is being done at, uh, um, you know, by the revenue administrations, by the tax administrations. But the ratification, as we know, is done by different people who don't even understand these tax issues. So um, I guess in some instances, it's quite, it will take a bit of time for countries to first prepare the politicians. Then uh, there's some countries who also are struggling with the, uh, mandatory binding dispute mechanism. So politically, uh, for them, it's very controversial. And then, uh, of course, even for the elective bits, there's a lot of technical work that that still needs to be done because there are quite a number of gray areas there. And then finally, uh, the third and important area is really the issue on digital services. For countries that already had digital services, they will again need to talk to their politicians and show them the reason why they have to repeal those because that is what they'll be required to do and uh, show them what benefit it is for the countries. So there's a lot of technical work, there's a lot of policy direction that is required and there's also, um, uh, for ATAF, we will need to work with the countries to break it down for them during the uh, you know the process where we are still trying to define these uh, led by the OECD and then later when they move into their own countries and they have to work with their policy makers. Are there sort of any particular hurdles um, for African countries? A source once mentioned to me that uh, investment treaties could be an issue, um, that there could be issues where uh, you're in a treaty that forces you to be below the minimum rates. Mm-hmm. So this is um, is an area that is definitely going to be going to require a lot of uh, reflection for the countries, because uh, Hamza, like uh, we've discussed before, these countries um, view these incentives as uh, very very uh, uh, crucial for foreign direct investment. How right that is or not is uh, not for me to say. But uh, clearly, the countries think that it's good for their direct, uh, the foreign direct investment. So African countries will need to review their tax incentive regimes and policies and evaluate the impact that the minimum effective tax rate may have on their effectiveness. So they basically need to sit down and decide, is this going to work anymore? If there's one multinational entity 
multinational enterprise entity in a country and it is getting a corporate income tax incentive, let's say uh, 5, 10, 15 uh, tax holiday. The so-called income inclusion rule may result in that tax given up by the country granting the tax holiday being charged, of course, up to the minimum effective tax rate by the jurisdiction where the ultimate parent entity of the um, MNE is located. So countries may therefore need to reconsider whether granting these incentives and giving away the taxing rights is really what they want, they need to do. And then, of course, um, in some instances, the companies, what they've done in some areas and what they might want to do this time is they may want to remove these incentives from, uh, you know, to other taxes. And this could include import taxes, export taxes, etc. So largely, it is countries that need to look at this, understand it better, and uh, then make uh, a, 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 an informed decision. And ATAF, of course, uh, is working with the countries to try and explain this and to try and show them that, uh, you know, th th they could be sending away some, some of their rights if they are not very careful. That's sort of a, on a country by country um, what they should be looking at. Um, but are you guys doing any work on um, coordinating uh, how African countries um, are going to apply these rules? Well, um, in terms of coordination, um, what we are doing right now is trying to break it down for them, if I may call it that. So at a continental level, we are having that, those discussions and explaining that. At a global level, we are participating in the working party meetings. For instance, our technical team has been in working party 11, I think from the 9th, and it will go on, which is yesterday, and it will go on up to the 18th. So that is where uh, we are, and um, we are trying to explain how these rules will imp uh, will uh, will impact them, and what they need to do in terms of uh, implementing the rules. Mm. Okay, and I guess there's just sort of one final question: Are there sort of any bits of work to do on capacity building in relation to uh, Pillar Two, um, particularly because uh, Pillar Two is something that could affect um, all countries? in a way that pillar, pillar one might not? So I think the biggest, biggest task that we are looking at right now, Hamza, is to first of all, look at the, do the technical analysis of the inclusive framework proposals and the design of the new rules, uh, which is taking place now and will continue in 2022. So the design work is highly technical. And what I can tell you, Hamza, is that it's not only technical, but the pace is also very fast, meaning that even for those inclusive framework members who are there, they not, I was just talking to the colleagues and they are kind of, um, they are indicating that they're not saying much because it is very highly technical, but it is also very fast. So before they apply their minds to certain rules, they've already, the, the, the process has already moved on to the next one. And so the design work uh, being so complex requires that we are fully engaged and we are participating in this and very consistent. So that is the biggest, biggest task that we have right now. Then secondly, we will also be providing technical support to the members to, to, uh, to, uh, who have signed up to this agreement to implement the rules, like I said. And the biggest part is the uh, garnering the policy uh, support for this. 
And of course, that is uh, that will be, will be really what will trigger the whole thing. So until they ratify, for instance, then they cannot do much. So that is what we intend to do, to support the countries, to support the revenue administrations, and to support the ministries of finance to, to understand. That was Mary Bain, a director at the African Tax Administration Forum, speaking from Pretoria, South Africa, to Bloomberg Taxes, Hamza Ali. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by myself, David Schultz, with help from Meg Shreve. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor, and our executive producer is Josh Block. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. The number of words in the tax code is estimated to be 1 million, about the same length as the entire Harry Potter series. Add in IRS regs, rev rulings, and case law, and it can be a lot. We all need a little help to sort it out. Each week on the Tax Girl podcast, I talk to the best in the business. And these aren't crazy technical dives. They're interesting and easy to digest looks at topics that matter to you. It's all that you need to stay ahead on the most important tax issues. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on taxgirl.com because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them shouldn't be.